0: Welcome to Yabi Talks. I am Amberin Musa, founder of Yabi by Sukul Maal. Did you know that 45 billion US dollars leave the UAE every single year? That's a lot of money. And to put things into perspective, more than 700 billion dollars are transferred as remittances globally. And here I'm talking person to person. We're here today to find out how a remitter like yourself can save money every time you have to send some home. With me today, we have the money transfer expert, Sudesh Griyan. Sudesh has been in the remittance industry for more than two decades and has lived through the double digit growth in the industry, but has also seen how the remittance business has evolved. Sudesh, fantastic to have you on board. Thank
1: you very much. Thank you for taking the time Nice to be here today.
0: My first question is, and I think most people I talk to about remittances is, oh yeah, I've been using the same exchange houses for years and years and years. And I know someone on our Yabi team, actually, who's been using the same exchange houses for 16 years. Would you say, is that a mistake?
1: No, I wouldn't say that's a mistake. See, uh, you get used to an exchange house. You deal with them regularly. You have a trust in them. They give you a good service. You don't have any issues per se. Your beneficiary gets money on time. Uh, I, I think it's okay. But again, you know, you need to look at it from the point of view of uh, blue-collar uh, remitters and the white-collar remitters. When I say blue-collar remitters, they're typically the ones who send about $400 every time they send money. And then you have the white-collar remitters who typically send anywhere between $2,000 to $2,500 every time they send money. Right. So when it comes to blue-collar uh, remitters, um, since the volume is very small, you know, even if they Go around to check the rates. They are not going to say much. For them, what is most important is how fast the money will reach, how safely the money will reach, mm. and to make sure that you know there is no service issue, right? As long as that is taken care, absolutely no issue. Going back to the same exchange, but from a white collar remitter perspective, it makes a lot of difference. If you have high volume remittance that you're sending, you definitely need to check around and see who is giving you the best rate. Uh, we are, at the same time, are able to make sure that the money is going across uh, you know, almost real time and how safe the money is, right? These are the factors that you need to look at. So this is very relevant for a white, white collar. So
0: yep. what you're saying is any remittances above around $2,000, it yep. is worth shopping around. That's correct.
1: That's so correct. if I'm
0: sitting on an yep. exchange house for the last 10 years, maybe it's time to wake up and, <laughs> and, and have a look at, at uh, who's giving me... And I think the, the other part of it right, is, is the industry is evolving. Yep. There are a lot more options, which... We'll come back to a little bit later, but um, for now, I wanted to understand, so one, is it a mistake to stick with the same exchange house, but in your two decades of experience, what have you seen are the mistakes that generally people would do when remitting money? Because I think a lot of it is you don't know what you don't know.
1: Yeah, see, uh, some of the key factors to be borne in mind when sending a remittance are, you know, uh, what is the pricing, uh, how safe the remittance is, you know, the partner the party that you're dealing with is he reliable um you know how convenient is it to go across and send money home all these are the factors that you need to bear in mind one of the mistakes that i've seen people typically do is they just get carried away when somebody says remittance is free huh. right yeah. Because
0: it's never free. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, because there are two elements, you know, when you send money home, right? There's a fee element and there's yeah. also a forex element. For example, if you're sending money to India, right? Yeah. The US dollars or dirhams here get converted to, uh, you know, Indian rupee. rupee. Similarly, yes. if you're sending money to Philippines, get converted to Filipino pesos and so on, right? So when you're converting, there's a the conversion rate that kicks in. Right. Yeah. Many a time if somebody tells you, Oh, I'm not going to charge you, I'm going to weigh off four or five dollars fee that you typically get charged, don't get carried away. It's especially when you're sending a high value remittance. Because in a high value remittance, it is not the fee that counts, it is the conversion rate that counts.
0: Absolutely. I think the fee becomes insignificant. Insignificant. Almost, right? Because yeah. it's fixed generally. Yeah, I have seen
1: a lot of people sending huge amounts of money. So during those instances, it's very important to check what rate are you getting from a service provider vis-a-vis that.
0: So normally what there is a fixed fee yep. that they charge you to send the money, that's yes. one. Yep. And then you have the exchange rate. Correct. Is there any other fees we need to know about?
1: There are just two elements. You know, typically any corner that you take today, take India, take Pakistan or Bangladesh or Philippines or whatever, it costs what, 4 to $5, right? But on a high-value uh, remittance, you know, you typically end up saving a lot of money, right? Even if somebody tells you fee is zero, don't get carried away, just look at what conversion exchange rate exactly. And just,
0: is. Exactly. Is there any way we can do this before even I step out of my house? Yeah. Where can I have a look at the exchange yeah. rates and compare them?
1: Today, I think, you know, even the, even the World Bank... Uh, publishes this data yes. you know it even comes down to uh, the country level you know yeah within the country uh, you can check as to what kind of rates are available across the exchange houses and the few other few other service providers but you know one can always call up an remittance house and find out and find as to out. what are the best rate available today etc right these are definitely
0: possible so so talking about um exchange rate which is Interesting, because they change all the time. And there was an exchange in the morning and by the afternoon, it's actually changed, right? So when I'm making that decision to send money, listen, every month I have to send money home at a certain date because we've got family, we've got commitments, whether we're investing home, whether we're sending money for our parents or our kids, whatever it is, a lot of us have a remittance that is fixed every single month we need to send it home. Now, let's just say at this point of time, the rates are not fantastic. It's a bit of a dip. Is there any way you can get around this or you're stuck with whatever exchange rate that is on the market it is there that's what i need to go by
1: you know rates keep changing all the time you can't do much about it and typically you know for the blue collar remitters who send smaller amounts of money and then you know typically they end up sending uh, between the first and tenth of the month and this money is very important from there family's perspective because back home, this money gets used for school fees, for the daily livelihood, for buying medicines and so on and so forth, right? So one cannot wait to send a remittance. Even though the rates are bad, you know, a blue collar migrant has to necessarily send money home. But when it comes to white collar, you know, it's always possible to wait because typically their families live here and they don't have to necessarily send money home on a particular date, right? So they can afford to wait. They can also keep an eye on the macroeconomic factors to see whether the likelihood of, you know, the rates changing over the next couple of days. The second thing that they can do the from a perspective, of the high value remitters, is that they can split remittances, right? For example, if they are supposed to send X amount of money, yeah. which is very large in volume, they can always say today, the rate is bad, but I need to send this. I send it across and then wait for a few more days. and so then you
0: average it out.
1: Average it out. It's always better. And then you don't feel the pain. Over the right? next
0: four years, exactly. as it goes up, you yeah. get, it's better to then do it over four, four days than yeah. do it in one That's day. Correct. That's correct.
1: That's correct. That That's should be the way. One. That should be the way. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, now, we talked about exchange rates. We talked about um, fees. I, I want to take a step back and look at, let's just say I just landed here it's the first time I'm actually gonna be remitting money out. What are the four or five things I need to look into? What are the variable factors that defines who do I use and when do I send money? What are the factors? I know exchange rate is one, fee is one. What are the factors would you really be looking at? Typically, as I said,
1: I'm just trying to uh, reiterate what I said earlier. You know the the fee the rate and obviously the convenience factor for example if you're using a brick and mortar uh, location to go to and send money how convenient it is to get across the road and and send money send money and similarly on the receive side you know whether the location that you're sending it to if you're sending a cash remittance example is the location on the receive side closer to the beneficiary's home the speed also is, is, is a factor that you need to consider how fast the money can reach the destination and also the reliability of the the company that, that you are, are you
0: using. saying the cases that the money never get there?
1: Uh that's rare in this part of the world, but I elsewhere in other so. you know, geographies I have seen this. Okay. Uh, the service provider takes the money and then later one realizes that you know uh, the service provider has vanished from the scene. But in this part of the world, I so can make tell you sure it's you can trust- Definitely. But again, you know, uh, if you're sending large amounts of money, you need to be careful in terms of who you're sending it through.
0: So, so let's talk about how things have changed. You've been in the industry for 20 years or so. You must have seen a major change in the industry, right? Where it was the ways we could send money home, when we could send money home. And today, what would you say were the biggest changes that you wouldn't have seen coming 20 years ago?
1: Yeah, you know, when I came to this country uh, more than 20 years back, this industry, the remittance industry was dominated by the exchange houses, yeah. the big and motor shops. Incidentally, there are more than 100 exchange houses in this country. How no, many did you say? More see? than 100 exchange houses. And wow. they have more than 1,000 locations, you know, uh,
0: that you can just walk in across, across the country. UAE. Yeah.
1: That's, that's a big number that you can just walk across the road, get into a shop and send money home. And for a long time, the industry has been dominated by the exchange houses who are licensed by the regulator here. But over a period of time, what has happened is that the banks that had, for the first few years, they had shied away from getting into this space. But all too suddenly, they saw that this industry is booming, the industry is uh, growing by double digits, and so on and so forth. And most of the account holders uh, in the banks are expatriates. So when um, you know these people are... You know, having their salaries coming into the account, they are taking small-time loans and, and whatnot, they are regular customers of the bank. The bank said, why don't I make these customers send money home? So that's when the banks woke up to the fact that there's a huge potential to be tapped here. Mm. Right? So over a period of time, I've seen banks really making big noise uh, in the space, and also the the fintechs have emerged very strongly in this space in the last few years. So if you look at the uh, statistics today, almost 30% of the remittances are managed by the banks and the fintechs, which was not the case during the earlier years. A predominant portion, I would say 90% plus, was managed by the exchange. So over a period of time, it is the banks and fintechs, which have come out very strongly. They've started offering these services. They have catered to big time to the white-collar emitters, right? The
0: convenience, right? Absolutely. I mean, everything has moved online. The airlines, uh, shopping online, especially with COVID. COVID has really helped.
1: Yeah, absolutely. During COVID, people didn't want to step out of home. Price became a secondary thing. They just want to make sure that, you know, sitting at home or in the office, they could send the emitters home.
0: Do you think the fintechs are um, a threat? the brick-and-mortar business of the remittance?
1: See, uh, that's an interesting question. Um, I mean, during the COVID, I've seen a lot of these exchange houses coming up with their own uh, app, some of the big exchange houses in this country today. Their own uh, online have, world. Absolutely, because they, they knew that this is coming, right? And they didn't want to be disrupted big time by banks and fintechs. So they got ready. Some of the exchange houses today have a decent percentage of remittance going through the app. Uh, Right. So, yes, that definitely is the future, though, as I said earlier, the blue collar segment will still go to the brick and mortar and send money home. But the white collar definitely will, you know, more and more send money using the digital uh, platform. So
0: let's talk about this evolution a little bit. Right. The FinTech are here and a lot of them are saying, you know, we don't have fees. It's convenient. It's fast. How do they make money?
1: That's an interesting question. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I think when they come into the market, you know, just as part of the uh, market entry strategy, they may say, I don't charge a fee, I will give an excellent trade, etc., etc. These are uh-huh. all initial days. What they want to basically make is they want to make sure that the customer enjoys the experience, yeah. right? The customer um, has a great experience going through the platform, sending money home within no time and the money reaches home safely. So once the customer is comfortable using the platform, that is when they start charging a fee or start, you know, making more forex. When spread. they build that trust level. Exactly. exactly. That typically happens.
0: But I think, so if you look at the different ways I can send money today, i.e., right. you know, how can someone take the money out? So there, there are different ways and I'm sure you know that more, more than me, but... You can go bank to bank, you can go exchange house to exchange house, you can go exchange house to somebody even, from what I understand, bring the money to your home. Can we talk a little bit about, you know, I am here sitting in the UAE, I can go to an exchange house or I can go to a bank or I can go to a fintech company, but what are my options to send to the person receiving it? Because it's not always the person has either a bank account or even has a time To go and collect the money somewhere else? What are my options?
1: Typically, there are four different channels on the receive side. One is the cash channel. You can just go into a brick and mortar shop on the receive side. Yeah. could be India, could be Pakistan or Bangladesh or Philippines. Go to a location and pick up cash. The second one, as you mentioned, is money going into account. About 80% of the global remittances get into account. Out of the $700 billion that flows all across the world. From a
0: bank to a bank or from an exchange? It it could be an an
1: exchange. Origination could be from an exchange or a fintech company or a bank. But on the termination, it's a bank. almost 80% of the money goes into the bank account that is surprising yeah, yeah, you
0: would have thought it would actually end up in an exchange house yeah, as because
1: well, right? the volume remitters the high volume remitters yeah. typically send it in the form of account credits not cash right? Got it. so that, that's the second channel money going into accounts the third channel is money going into mobile wallets if you see Africa for example I'm sure you you heard of M-Pesa, M- yeah?
0: Uh, M-Pesa is very uh, big name. Right? You go, I was in, I was in Nairobi <laughs> not long ago, and you go in and download M-Pesa as the first Absolutely. thing you do. Absolutely, <laughs> every
1: other Kenyan would uh, would ask the money to be sent into a mobile wallet. Uh, so that's a that's a big channel in Africa, across Africa, countries like Kenya, you know, Uganda, Ghana, Nigeria. There are a lot of remitters sending money into a mobile wallet, and that's more or less real time. You know, money goes into the wallet the next minute, right? The fourth channel is door delivery, though you know this is restricted to a few points. For example, a country like Vietnam, where the door delivery is very popular. Any Vietnam is sending money to Vietnam would
0: And wh- why would that be, do you think?
1: That's a convenience, right? I mean they do not want their beneficiary to travel all the way. Yeah. And they say, okay, just deliver it home. And most of the service providers do not charge. And, and the
0: origination home. of door delivery? Is it exchange houses or banks? or is it just
1: Origination anyone? could be anything. Origination could, could be, be anything. Yes. Origination could be through an exchange house, could be through the bank, through the fintech. So you go
0: to exchange house and you say, I want this to be delivered to someone's door. That's, that's And they will arrange yeah, yeah, yeah. the different delivery pieces there correct. is.
1: Only. That's correct. But yeah. there are just a few countries where this is preferred. This is allowed. Yeah. Okay. But you know, in terms of the volumes, account credits followed by cash, followed by mobile wallets, and then door delivery.
0: So how do you choose the right platform between the fintech, the banks, and new exchange? I mean, now, with the evolution of the industry, there are too many choices. How do you know which one is best for you?
1: Basically, you know, uh, as I said, I'm, again, going back to the segments, you know, the the blue collar and the white collar. The blue collar, even today, because of the fact that they're not financially included, they do not have a bank account, uh, definitely not on the origination side even in their home country many a time they do not have bank accounts they prefer cash remittances they still walk into an exchange house right but the white collar definitely is a one that is catered to big time by the banks and the fintech companies right so the white collar would always look at you know price as a major factor because they know for a fact that money will always reach on time right because if there's any money through a bank or a reputed fintech or even an exchange it house, get there. They, the Somehow. money will reach the money will reach right uh, so but
0: how much is going to reach is, is a exactly.
1: question so that's price is always a very very important factor for them they will always check what is the conversion rate that i'm getting and about that do i get a free remittance so these are the factors that one bears in mind
0: Okay. No, and it's, uh, it's very interesting because I think with the evolution, a lot of us are a bit confused now, you know, and, and there is a lack of education of the pros and the cons and what you need to be aware of. Um, let's, let's shift gear a little bit, and, and I promise I will let you go after this, but shift gear in terms of peer-to-peer payment. We all go out or we do something for a friend it was like, yeah, pay me back later, not to worry. And that whole, you know, I'll pay you back later, from someone to someone is very common in the US, right? We have now Kareem Pay in the UAE where you can transfer money over from Ukraine, but you have to be a Kareem customer. Um, Where do you see this trend going? Yeah,
1: you know, Kareem Pay is one of the very well-known names out here, but right now I think they are mostly doing domestic remittances, but I will not be surprised if they get into international remittance space. Uh, Yes, you know, as much as, a lot of big names have got into this industry, uh, you know, for example, you have World Remittance in the UK and all across Europe, you have Remitly in the US, you have TransferWise, which is now WISE, right? Yeah. So, they are all big players into the remittance space today. They transfer billions of volume, right? So, similarly, you have uh, Kareem Pay, but Kareem Pay is currently doing locally. mostly domestic remittances, yeah. domestic payments, right? But uh, there is... Should not be should not be surprised if they start doing international remittances. But the industry is moving the direction. If you look back, I would say, about five to ten years back, lots of these remittances were going through the brick and mortar, right? Mm. The digital remittance percentage was much smaller. If you look at the today's situation, digital remittances are growing every year phenomenally. Phenomenally, I phenomenally, guess. phenomenally mm. right? So there is no reason as to why this space, the digital remittance space yeah. should not continue to grow, right? There is room for more fintech players to come in, right? As much as you spoke about Karim Pay, there could be other players coming into space and uh, uh, making a noise, right? But again...
0: So keep in touch with all the new eras yes, coming in and the evolution. And certain, I think it, it is at its peak, I think. there
1: yes, is absolutely, absolutely. so much. I, I think, you know, uh, there is going to be a coexistence. There are going to be exchanges, there are yeah. going to be banks, there are going to be fintechs. Yeah. It all depends on, you know... Uh, how the remitter looks at them, right? How comfortable he or she is in dealing with these players.
0: Okay. Oh, it's very good to hear. Um, I do have one last question before you leave. There is one of our customers, we saw, subscribers for that matter, um, he had a family emergency and he didn't have the cash to remit. So what he did was he just literally remitted using his credit card. I want to spend just a couple of minutes on it. Is, you know, what do we need to be aware of when we do things like this? Because once you use your credit card, and I know some of the exchange houses or the banks allow you to do that, remit money using your credit card, and I've seen this a few yeah. places. What do we need to be aware of this 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 method or the source of income yeah. um, of cash that's going out?
1: So basically, you need to see as to what kind of charges will kick in, right? Um, since the money is being lent here literally, it's on credit, right? Besides the fact, many a time when you use a credit card, you are comfortable about the fact that you don't have to pay today or tomorrow. Yes. You have enough number of days to pay. Which right? are
0: 25 days. Absolutely.
1: In if that is going to be treated like a typical retail purchase where there are no extra charges, it's all okay. But if there are going to be additional charges for using credit card and if it happens to be a large volume remittance, yeah. then it could be costing them more. So what they need to make sure is whether it is costing me extra to use the credit card and how much less
0: So what you're saying is if it's considered as a cash advance on the credit card, which is the same as going to the ATM, yeah. using the credit card and yeah. taking the cash out. Yeah. The interest yeah. on that amount yeah. starts yeah. the same day.
1: That's correct. You That's don't correct.
0: have the 25 That's day period.
1: But vis-à-vis that, if it's going to be a, like a typical retail purchase, where you do yep. not get charged anything extra, that's great.
0: Then it's great. Um, I am more leaning towards it being a cash advance, because mm-hmm. it is cash taking out of the credit card Correct. to be used most. So definitely so, something to look at. More. Look at, yeah. Um, last but not least, any advice for our remitters out there?
1: Yeah, I mean, this industry is evolving. As I said, I've seen this in the last uh, two decades now, right? A lot of new players are coming into this industry. Uh, but again, you know, it's it's always good to keep an eye and, and, and see uh, how this industry is mowing. And from a remittance perspective, it's always important to see what the trend is in the market, whether the currency is appreciating or depreciating, and see, for example, now if there is enough money to send home, is there a good time to send money, right? And and just look around a bit and check as to who's the service provider who is giving the best deal. And then, you know, try and use that service provider. And
0: not to forget, potentially, keep up to date with the news of what's going on around the world, because at the end of the day, what's going on geopolitically and around the world in different countries affects our exchange rates. Absolutely. Potentially, we can have an opinion and a point of view of how things are going to be moving Absolutely.
1: But, but if you look at the current juncture, the current situation, I think all the currencies are depreciating, be it Indian rupee, Pakistani rupee, or Philippine yeah. like So everything is depreciating, which means that the remitter is getting an excellent deal at this point in yes. time. Yes. Right? The US dollar is strengthening. So richer
0: than what you are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So any expect, you know, who is looking to send money, I think uh, now is the best time. time. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Sudesh, thank you so much for being on Yabi Talks. Absolutely amazing and would love to have you back.
1: Thank you so much for giving this opportunity. Nice talking to
0: you. This was Sudesh Giviani, the expert of remittances. I hope you did learn something out of sending money home. As we mentioned, today is probably the right time. Um, We're depreciating currencies around the world. Currently, it is a good time to actually send money home. But do do your homework before you do so.